It's one of life's most important questions. It's right up there with questions like, who am I? Why am I here on this earth? What's the meaning of life? Is there another life after this one? Is there life after death? The question I'm referring to is, how do you define greatness? Now, when you first hear it, you might think to yourself, well, what's so important about that? What difference does a person's definition of greatness make on his life or on the world in general? Knowing who you are as a person, and why you're here on this earth, and the meaning of life, and whether or not there's life after death, those issues sound a lot more important than your understanding of what it means to be great. Well, from one perspective, that's true. Those other issues do have a certain priority. But from another perspective, my brothers and sisters, your ideas about greatness are just as important. Because those ideas have a direct influence on how you see yourself and on how you look at life. Both life on this earth and life in the hereafter. It's clear from today's Gospel reading that James and John had a very worldly idea of greatness. Eventually, of course, their perspective, their viewpoint would change on the matter. But remember, this particular story takes place very early in their spiritual development. There was still a lot James and John needed to learn. In fact, if you had asked these two men to give you a definition of the word greatness on the day that they encountered Jesus in this way, no doubt they would have defined greatness in terms of prestige and power and authority. That's clear from the fact that in this scene they boldly asked Jesus for those proverbial front seats in heaven. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Unless we think that the other ten apostles were any better, they weren't. They were no different from James and John because the Bible tells us that when they heard about this request, they, quote-unquote, became indignant at their fellow apostles. They became indignant because they wanted those front seats in heaven for themselves. Jesus then shares with his twelve apostles his understanding of greatness, telling them, in effect, that in God's eyes, which are the only eyes that will matter on Judgment Day, in God's eyes, greatness is measured by how selflessly and how sincerely and how completely you serve God and your neighbor. And Jesus indicates here that the ultimate act of service and hence the ultimate act of greatness is to give your life for another human being. Whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How do you define greatness? Obviously, most of the world sees greatness in the way James and John saw it, in terms of prestige and power and authority. And this is demonstrated every single day by 
the priorities people set and by the things they actively pursue in their lives. This, incidentally, is why God and the things of God, like attendance at Sunday Mass, very often take second place to worldly pursuits, like sports. I ask you, how many parents rarely take their children to Sunday Mass but would never allow them to miss one of their athletic events or one of the practices for the, that athletic event? For those parents, greatness comes with being a famous and talented athlete, not a selfless servant of God and neighbor. This illustrates the point I made a few moments ago. How you define greatness has a direct influence on how you see yourself and on how you look at your own life and how you look at the lives of your children. In preparing this homily, I tried to think of two people who exemplify these two very different understandings of greatness. And the two individuals who came to mind almost immediately were none other than Mr. Donald Trump and our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Many have called Francis great, and I agree with them, he is. But he's definitely not great according to the definition of the world, according to the definition that stood behind James and John's request in this Gospel. Think about Pope Francis for a moment. When he was asked to describe himself, what did he say? First thing out of his mouth, I am a sinner. That's the primary way he talks about himself. His constant request, he makes it all the time, he made it several times here in the United States, his constant request is that people pray for him because he is a sinner. The Holy Father goes from place to place in a fiat. He insists on paying his own hotel bills. He lives in a humble residence. He has no problem kissing the feet of prisoners and those on the fringes of society. He'd rather eat with homeless people than with the rich and powerful. He demonstrated that when he was here in the United States a few weeks ago. Now you describe somebody like that to your average men and women on the street without revealing the identity of the person you're describing and see how many of them respond by saying, Wow, that's a great man. In all likelihood, very few would respond in that way. Then describe Donald Trump to them, again, without revealing his name, and see what kind of response you get. I guarantee you that, if they are being honest, most of them will be more willing to call Trump great, even if they would never ever vote for him in an election. I think the real problem here, my brothers and sisters, is many people confuse success, specifically worldly success, with greatness. They're not the same thing. As Blessed Mother Teresa used to say, God has not called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. Substitute the word great for faithful in that statement and it would pretty much mean the same thing. Donald Trump is successful, extremely successful, but in and of itself that does not make him great. 
in the true sense of the term, in the Christian sense of the term. On the other hand, Pope Francis is great by Christian standards, but highly unsuccessful by the standards of a Donald Trump. So the bottom line is this, and I'll conclude with this thought. Some people in this life are successful. Some people in this life are great. And some in this life are both successful and great. It is possible to be both. One does not automatically exclude the other. It's not easy to be both, for sure, but it is possible. But if you are forced in your life to choose one or the other, then choose to be great. Just make sure you embrace the right definition of greatness. And if you're wondering what that definition is exactly, look to Pope Francis and not to Donald Trump.